this situation. He took a pitch in the back. He got beaten for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? The castration of the Major League Baseball managers, we know it. Ask me about my winner. Now, as the we come across the fact that the Dodgers have agreed to terms with Shohei Otani to you know the seven hundred million dollar contract and everything that's set up around it, the semantics, whatever bullshit do you want to talk about? It, there's an understanding that there is a reason that players choose to sign with the Los Angeles Dodgers. There's another reason that you could say players are drawn to the New York Yankees. And a lot of it has to do with the mystique, the history, the fact that they're world-renowned teams. And those are important factors when it comes to the free agent process. And I'm going to explain why. The Yankees... Once it's known that they're interest, interested in a certain player, the same thing with the Dodgers. It kind of puts those two teams and their organization in a very advantageous position because players, as we go forth in the past of baseball history, are drawn to the teams for a couple different reasons. Obviously, winning when it comes to the Yankees, 27 World Series championships, the Dodgers, you know, they're sitting there with seven World Series championships. But the world-renownedness of the two franchises make it very intriguing, but also give them an advantage over several other teams. Now, the reason that it's important to bring up is because there are other teams that just because of their mere interest, they may already be at a disadvantage. And the best example you can make is the Toronto Blue Jays and their interest in Shohei Otani. The San Francisco Giants, even as well-known of a franchise as they've been, one of the original National League clubs, the amount of World Series championships they've won, obviously the iconic players that have played both in New York and San Francisco, there's still more that most other teams have to bring to the table. The Yankees and Dodgers, once it's known that they're interested in a specific free agent, they have a direct advantage. Which means, if you're the Toronto Blue Jays and you're interested in Shohei Otani, if you're the San Francisco Giants, and what I'm going to say is a total of nine clubs, led by the New York Mets, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Boston Red Sox, the Chicago Cubs, and the San Francisco Giants, and then, kind of on the same circumference, but maybe a step behind, the Los Angeles Angels, the Toronto Blue Jays, the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Texas Rangers. Money talks. And you may find out when it comes to Yoshinobu Yamamoto that the team that has the highest offer will have the most or best chance of being able to land a free agent. But, that being said... There's an advantage that the Giants, I'm sorry, that the Yankees and the Dodgers have. If the deals are around the same, they're going to choose the Yankees. If the deals are around the same, they're going to choose the Dodgers. For the reasons that I just mentioned. The mystique, the fact that they're world-renowned teams, and there is a superiority that exists for those two franchises 
and their fan base and their history that many people that are on the outside see. Like I said, if you're a fan, you're going to be biased. You don't like the Yankees, you don't like the Dodgers, whatever. You're going you're gonna to have a negative vibe towards it. But when it comes down to it, the interesting thing to think about when it comes to Yoshinobu Yamamoto is how much more does another team, a team that will be in the second tier, the nine teams that I just mentioned, Mets, Giants, Phillies, Cubs, Red Sox, Angels, Blue Jays, Cardinals, Rangers, how much more or how much longer of a deal or how much more guaranteed money does a team that's on the outside looking in have to be able to offer Yamamoto to be able to win the free agency sweepstakes? The Yankees may have drawn their line in the sand. They may say, this is the offer we give. We cannot go much further. Maybe we're not willing to commit more of a per year or total contract value to Yamamoto than we did Garrett Cole. Maybe we're not going to mess around with Aaron Judge's franchise record $360 million contract offer. That may put the Yankees in a position where to say, hey, this is what we're going to offer. The Dodgers, maybe at some point say, we're not going to go above this. If that's the case, if you are a team that's the field, because really it's the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the field, and that's going to apply for any free agent that the Yankees and the Dodgers are interested in. If they want them, they basically have the choice. You know, If they're going to have the largest contract offer, any other team can match it. And as you saw with Shohei Otani, the Giants matched the contract offer, but he's going to go to the Dodgers because they're the Dodgers. Otani and his agent gave the Angels a chance to match, which would have made it interesting. If the Angels said, hey, we will, we'll do the same thing. This is what we're going to do. Maybe the thing works out a little bit different. But as it applies to Yamamoto, it's going to be the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the field. The field may be led by the New York Mets because they have an owner that's worth $20 billion and they may have the ability from a contract standpoint to come up with said offer that I was just talking about. The fact that a contract that is so high in length in regards to years and guaranteed dollars that it blows the Dodgers and the Yankees out of the water. And if you're Yamamoto and his agent, how much more would it take for you to take a deal with a team that's not the Yankees or the Dodgers? And I think that's the most important thing to think about right now. And like I've thought in my head, hey, I'll talk about Yamamoto and there'll be an announcement of Yamamoto signing somewhere today, just like last week. You know, I decided to talk about Shohei Otani and you know the the quietness of the negotiations, how he did not want the media to be publicizing exactly what he wants. Therefore, we as the general public didn't know what he really wants. But in the end, it was kind of what we all assumed. The Dodgers were the expected team that he would want to play for. The world-renowned team with the very high budget and almost seemingly unlimited payroll. That's what was going to happen. Obviously, the details of $2 million a season, 80, uh, you know, $68 million deferred per year over 20 years was something that we weren't privy to. And it turns out to be a very important part. We know the Dodgers are going to be very competitive. We know the Yankees are going to be very competitive. But like I said, when it comes to Yoshinobu Yamamoto, it's going to be that team that's representing the field 
that's willing to go above and beyond in regards to years and dollars. I don't think the Toronto Blue Jays were willing to do that with Shohei Otani. The fact that they just were willing to take a seat at the big boys' table didn't make a difference. They could talk about the, the you know the world renowned uh, resources in Dunedin, Florida, best spring training facility in all of Major League Baseball. They could talk about the Rogers Center and the similarities to the Tokyo Dome. That carried very little gravity. So if the Blue Jays said, "Hey, we'll do the ten years, seven hundred million for Shohei Otani," it wasn't enough because the Dodgers were willing to do that. And what would he, what would cause him to take the same money from a different team that's not the Yankees or the Dodgers? I think that's what a lot of baseball fans are having a hard time understanding. Uh, I'll admit, I've had a hard time understanding that, being a, a New York Mets fan. But there's an advantage that the Yankees have. There's an advantage that the Dodgers have. And just the fact that they're in it and they want to pay top dollar for said player... That means that the team on the other side, on the outside looking in, the other team that wants to jump and sit at the big boys' table, just because they're at the table doesn't mean that they're getting a 33% chance of signing said player. If the deals are the same, odds are said player is going to take the Yankees or the Dodgers. How many more years, how many more million is it going to take to change Yamamoto's mind? It's going to be very interesting to see how that works out. As we jump right into a very abbreviated version of today's saving sports history, brought to you, of course, by JohnPLA.com, the past ball show, the entire thing. Today is the 16th day of December 2023, so everything that I'm about to bring up in this ridiculous rant is going to have to do with things that happened on the day of, you know, December 16th. So we'll start, we'll jump into DeLorean, crank it up to 88 miles an hour, go back to 1918. Heavyweight champion Jack Dempsey knocks out Carl Morris in 14 seconds. Imagine having tickets to that fight. Imagine paying money to watch that fight in any way, shape, or form. You feel like you kind of made a bad investment, but Jack Dempsey, one of the better heavyweight champions of all time, and in my top 10 all-time heavyweights, he's just outside the top 10, but KOs Carl Morris in 14 seconds on this day in 1918. Exactly 100 years ago. The Canton Bulldogs became the first team in professional football history, American football history, to win two straight championships. They won their second straight NFL championships, and they end up repeating in 1923. 1928, the Providence Steamroller. Yeah, that was an NFL team. They won the NFL championship on this day in 1928. 1940, the greatest heavyweight in the history of professional boxing, Joe Lewis knocks out Al McCoy in the sixth round. 1945, the Cleveland Rams win the NFL championship over the Washington Redskins. 1962, Y.A. Tittle passes for a then record, NFL record, 33 touchdowns. His 33rd touchdown pass ends up becoming the NFL record for one year. He would break his own record the next year with 36 of course, Peyton Manning owns the record with 56 touchdown passes in a given season. He did that in 2013. The Miami Dolphins in 1972 finished off an immaculate season, one of the greatest seasons in the history of professional sports. They not only won the Super Bowl, but did it by finishing the season undefeated. 14-0 and regular season, the three playoff wins, including the Super Bowl victory, 
to finish the deal. 1973, Orenthal James, also known as O.J. Simpson, becomes the first player in NFL history to rush for 2,000 yards in a given season. In 2020, Major League Baseball makes what I believe was kind of a ridiculous decision, but not a ridiculous decision in a bad way, to equate the Negro Leagues on the same level as any other Major League Baseball League. It's something that should have been done years ago. It should have been assumed that this was what it was. The Negro Leagues, you understand that they're the best organization of African-American or dark-skinned baseball players that could possibly be done because of the racism that exists amongst the country that we live in, we lived in. Because of that, they have no choice. If they want to play professional baseball, they got to start their own league. This should never have been a thing in the first place, which is point number one. But number two, the fact that the Negro Leagues have to under some sort of announcement by Major League Baseball, let, yes, we are going to equate, and I've used parentheses and air quotes as I say this, because this, this should never have had to be a thing. It should have always been understood that the Negro Leagues were Major League Baseball. So we say, hey, we did something right there? No, it should have always been. That's my issue. 1931, Former defensive back in the National Football League and longtime CBS sportscaster Tom Brookshire was born. Brookshire teamed with Pat Summerall for a good portion of the 70s and the early 1980s. Obviously, Pat Summerall, more known for his combination with legendary football coach and announcer and video game entrepreneur John Madden. Tom Brookshire, well-known NFL broadcaster born on this day in 1931. 1962, William, with Refrigerator Perry, one of the greatest nicknames, I believe, that exists in professional sports. Defensive lineman for the Chicago Bears, the greatest defensive team in the history of the National Football League in 1985. Also ran the football occasionally to give this big dude the football, and he'd score some touchdowns on offense. Born on this day in 1962. 1940, we lost. Baseball Hall of Fame outfielder sliding Billy Hamilton, one of the better outfielders and offensive position players of his time, 19th century Philadelphia Phillies. And in 2014, former heavyweight champion Ernie Terrell passed away, the heavyweight champion between 1965 and 1967. This is the Past Ball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by St. Alwish's Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck, located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. If you're interested in hearing me flap my yap mouth, you could listen to me, my podcast, The Past Ball Show, on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, of course, videos on YouTube. God bless you, and as always, we'll see you on the other side. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude who the dude disguises another dude. There are only 
two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside to hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at They put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. Thirty-five years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion. 